0: Well, good morning Glen Osmond Baptist Church. It's Luke and Rachel Hutchinson here, speaking to you from Siem Reap, Cambodia, uh, with our family, Isaac, Talia and Michaela as well. Um, Believe it or not, we've already been back here 18 months uh, since we last saw all of you. Our second term has looked very different to our first term. So we'd love to give you just a a brief update to some of the things that are happening. Isaac turns 18 next month, believe it or not. Talia's 15, Michaela 13, and just this past week, actually, they've returned to school for the new school year. Isaac's doing Year 12, his final year, uh, Talia in Year 10, and Michaela in Year 8. Since we've returned, um, I've spent a lot more of my time now teaching English to a variety of um, people, a variety of students in a variety of places, and this year as well, I've started work on writing what will be a short booklet that's designed to present kind of the grand narrative, the big story of Scripture, of the Bible, to Khmer people in a way that is both culturally relevant and accessible to them. So that's been really interesting and I'm enjoying doing that. But for the most part this morning, we're going to take the chance to share with you a little bit more about the disability therapy project that Rach has been developing since we've returned here. You've already seen a short video about it this morning. And while it's a very practical project, practical in nature, It's also caused us to think a lot more about things like culture, aspects of faith, even some of the things that the Bible has to say. So, all of those things in ways that we didn't necessarily expect when we set out on this and when Rach began.
1: Okay, since I've been uh, here in Cambodia, I've been working with children with disabilities and their families, and been able to gain a bit of an understanding about how disability is seen in Cambodia. There is some level of understanding about physical disabilities in Cambodia and some accommodations have been made, but there is still a way to go. While we expect many of our clients and most of our clients that come to the project to not require wheelchair accessibility, uh, being a provider of uh, for people with disabilities meant that we Thought that having wheelchair accessibility was important. So as I looked into the specifications about how high and how steep a ramp should be, I firstly looked um, into Australian standards. And for a ramp to meet Australian standards for the space that we had, the ramp was gonna have to be about eight and a half meters long. So this would take our ramp well across our yard across the road and into the neighbour's yard as well so this was a little bit impractical. so then i looked at what specifications perhaps the us and the uk had and that made a much more reasonable six meter long ramp again not something that i could do so i was searching for something that would say you know what are the specifications in cambodia And despite looking for a long time, I could only find one article that said, hey, we think ramps are a good idea. So, (laughs) um, as you can see, um, there is understanding about some physical disability stuff, but there's still a way to go. And even despite limitations like this, physical disabilities are much more understood than those that affect how we think disabilities such as autism, Down syndrome, intellectual disability and developmental delays. One day our staff member for the project, Maria, was asked, why would we help someone with a disability? So my first instinct when I heard this was, well why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we help someone if we could? Why wouldn't we help someone to reach their full potential? And why wouldn't we help if we could improve their life? Here in Cambodia it's a real lack of education and a lack of understanding about disability as well as a lack of support services. That means people generally don't know that help is possible. They don't necessarily know that people with cognitive disabilities have potential to develop and support and improve because there are no services around that support this idea in fact i've heard stories that the admin staff at hospitals have told parents just to go home because there's nothing that can be done for their child with disability while hearing this may shock us it is a simple reality here many people Khmer people believe that when they hear the word for disability it means that nothing can be done but interestingly this idea of, should we help them, also brings about the question, well, should we help them? Should we help with people with disability? Shouldn't we just leave them alone and let them live in peace? Now this is something that often happens in Cambodia. People with disabilities are often isolated and families keep their relatives at home. Um, and often children have limited access to schooling because they're just too difficult to manage in the classroom. Furthermore, if we want to change them, does this mean that we don't accept who they are? And further on from this still, doesn't helping them change who God created them to be? So how did I answer this question with Maria as we consider how to respond to this question when asked by more people? We talked about how God created us all. He loves us as we are, yet he wants to see us all develop and grow. So why not this be the case for people with disability? But he also wants us to show his love and helping people is a way that we can do this. If we can make a real and functional difference to the life of someone with a disability or their family members, then we should help.
0: One aspect of Kamai culture and Rachel's already talked about several but another aspect of Kamai culture and belief that is really really relevant to disability and, and it sits deep within Buddhist thought is the concept of karma. It's nowhere near as straightforward as I'll explain but basically karma says that if you do good you receive good and if you do bad you receive bad. But there's a bit of a catch because you never know when the payoff or, or the payback is going to happen because alongside the belief of reincarnation, the reward or the, the, the punishment, so to speak. Maybe it will happen in this life, maybe it will happen in the next one, or maybe it will happen ten lives down the track. You, you never know, and you have no way of knowing. John 9, verses 1 to 7, I'll, I'll read these verses to you. It says, As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So this short story from John, it really cuts across the cause and effect thinking that sometimes it might be tempting for people to follow at times here in Cambodia or anywhere else. Because when Jesus is asked here about the cause of this man's blindness, he he basically what he says to his disciples is wrong question. In fact, don't even try to look to the cause, look to what God might be seeking to do. And that's the sort of people Jesus was seeking people who can see that who can see the possibility people who can see the opportunity for his goodness and for his glory to be made known to the world but that the works of god might be displayed in him is how jesus says it god is always here or there or anywhere else waiting to display his glory and his great works and sometimes and quite often those happen in the least expected places and we've seen that here people in tough situations with little resourcing little community, seeing and receiving some of those very things. You know, in in the New Testament era, the time of Jesus, within the Jewish culture and religion, you know, to be sick or to to be disabled meant that you were isolated and marginalised. You know, Jewish purity laws and customs made that virtually inevitable. You'd have little opportunity to be with community, And you'd have very limited access to the temple as well, which was the literal presence of God. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45, another short story. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Now, one of the interesting parts of this story is Jesus' instruction to the man for what to do after he healed him. He tells him to go to the priest and offer sacrifices. So that that was according to Jewish custom and law. But it's important to note that the act itself had the effect effect of redeeming and restoring this man to society. Previously, he would have been isolated, marginalised, probably living outside of the city walls. But Jesus heals him and he's restored, he's redeemed, and he's able to re-enter society. And we see this so often when Jesus heals a person in the scriptures. It's a typical of what happens whenever Jesus does that. It wasn't just a physical healing, what Jesus did. It was a social act too. And of course, in that era, healing allowed the Jewish people, those who were healed, to return to temple worship. Again, to enter the literal presence of God, which was denied to them before. And so to be healed of an illness or a disability at that time was in very many ways a significant spiritual act too. Now one of the stories I love to tell about uh, the project Rachel's been working in is, I, I don't spend a lot of time there, but I spend a little bit of time and I was there the day that uh, Rachel Maria's very first client came, it was a young mum with a young daughter. And I was there, I wasn't involved, but I was just watching, and I could see in this mum, like, hesitation and nervousness because she hadn't been before, she didn't know what to expect, it was all new, and she was very kind of quiet and withdrawn. Less than two weeks later, I was there again, and the same mum and daughter returned for perhaps their third or fourth visit. Now, she didn't know I was there because I was sitting in the office off to the side, but I saw her come in, and I saw a completely different person to two weeks before, She kind of had a spring in her step, she had confidence, she knew what was going on. And I looked at that and I realised, here's a person and a family who, well, they found something they didn't have before. They found a place that can help, but they've also found a community of people who understand and who accept them and who are looking to help. But perhaps above all, she had found a place, a community of people, something that she'd become a part of with her daughter. And it was really great to see.
1: It's been exciting that over the last month that we have had 12 new referrals for the project. And as we met each of these new families, most were very appreciative um, of the fact that we could offer this service. And this was even before we even did anything, they were also thankful. Not only were they thankful for the service, but they were thankful that they could have some recognition and some understanding. And they were very thankful that we would just sit and listen to them and hear a bit of their stories. We met one of these clients, Finn, a few weeks ago. And on his first visit, I have to say it wasn't very successful. As soon as he arrived, he saw another parent using a phone. And he immediately went into a meltdown because he was not allowed to use the phone. Despite all attempts, we could not calm him down while he knew that there was a phone present in the, in the uh, project. So his mum had to take him home. Was not the best start. So visit two, he came in, he rushed straight to our office, which we hadn't locked because he had arrived early. He saw our phones and then spent most of the session trying to get into the office and use the phones. Again, not the best start. We saw him for the third time just this week, and while he still attempted to get into the locked office a few times, when he realized that this was not gonna happen, he settled and we managed to engage him in a few activities. While he was doing this, mum was a lot calmer and she was able to sit and chat with us about some of the difficulties she was having with Finn and why it was difficult for him to get to school. Now, while we hadn't done anything to improve Finn's behaviour or his communication, simply for this mum having the opportunity to share her story and some of her concerns and have someone understand them and not judge is some of the most important things that we do. At the moment, we are seeing most of our families individually so that we can get to know them and give them support that meets their individual needs. But we are also currently planning stages for group sessions so that we can have children practice their social skills and for parents to meet together. Recently, we had a young man come to see what we do at the project. One of the questions he asked after the session was, don't you ever get bored or frustrated? My response to him was, no, never. And I went on to explain that each person is made individually. And because of that, they all have a unique set of strengths and weaknesses and challenges. So I'm always challenged to think in new and creative ways about how we might be able to help. Although when working with people with disabilities, progress is often slow, when it happens, it is so rewarding. The things that we might see as insignificant to some people are huge milestones to the children and to their families and they represent hope that their children can grow and develop. More often, though, that it is not what we can teach them, but what they are teaching us, teaching us about God, how he sees us, our worth, seeing ourselves and everyone as special and as his. Thanks again for allowing us to share today, for some of those things that have been on our hearts and in our minds as we learn and grow in this as we participate in this project and we thank you especially for your ongoing support for what is happening here in cambodia
0: thanks again bye for now